Welcome to Alive, a Vineyard College ministry with the purpose to awaken students to their true relationship, identity, and destiny in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this message today, and if you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Facebook at Alive Vineyard College Family or Instagram at Alive Vineyard College. We have a treat for you tonight. Um, there's there's some people that's been lined up to give stories, to share their story, their God's story. Um, because God is still in the business of taking people from darkness into his marvelous light. God is, God is still in the business of redeeming those who are lost. I once was lost, now I'm found. That's a supernatural thing. There is nobody in this room that has the power or the ability to make themselves get found. There is nobody in this room that has the power or the ability to help them once they were blind and now they are seeing. There's no way we can see on our own. It's only by the grace of God. It's only by the grace of God. And so there's three people that I've asked to, to share their stories. And we're going to have them share their stories. And first, we're going to start with a woman who, who's been here as a leader um, for some time. She stepped on as a leader. She's been leading for, for a while now and actually um, has been super, super a blessing to this ministry. And I believe that God has a story in her and she's doing things as a result thereof. I'm just going to let her tell it. I'm just going to let her tell it. But y'all give it up for Allie Mitchell. Allie Mitchell. Do you want to you um, podium? Okay. Give it up for Allie Mitchell. She's going to share um, the story. I'm going to wipe this off. Hey, everyone. Hey. Wow, there's a lot more people than when I first walked in. I was like, oh, I don't have to speak in front of that many people. Um, just a little background about me. I am a Parkland nursing student. Um, and I'm in my senior year, so I'll graduate in May. Um, pretty scary. Don't know what I'm going to do next year, so we'll see. Um, I grew up in Bloomington, Illinois. Um, had a big family, um, lots of step-siblings and whatnot. So um, I love it in Champaign, and I'm really excited to share my story with you guys. One thing I wanted to say before I got started is I'm just going to be super vulnerable and super honest and super real with all you. Um, there's some parts that a lot of people don't really know about me. There's very few um, that's know, that knows a lot of things I walked through um, in the past six months, at least. Um, so background of my testimony, just like the simple stuff. Um, I uh, was a Catholic all of my life. I grew up Catholic. My dad took me to church. I got confirmed in the Catholic church, and I don't think there's anything wrong with the Catholic church. I think they're amazing people, but it wasn't for me. 
Um, so my senior year of high school, um, this guy that I randomly met took me to this underground prayer session thing, and I uh, didn't know what to expect, but it was this, like, insane worship night, and I was, like, never been exposed to anything like that. And then after that, I started uh, reading my Bible, journaling, doing all the things. Um, then I graduated high school, went to college, and I played soccer at St. Ambrose University um, for one semester. And during that semester, I lost myself. I partied um, and just wasn't myself. I tried to be someone who I wasn't for a team that wasn't worth it. And I think I realized that like midway through the semester, and so I transferred to Parkland. Um, once I transferred to Parkland, I lived alone for seven or seven months, but during that time I found the vineyard and Alive and got plugged in, and things started to turn around. So that was um, basic testimony. Once I came to Alive, I felt like I really had it together, and I thought, wow, Jesus is amazing, and he is. He always will be, um, and I was kind of on the first, like, Christian high, if you would say. I went to Zacatecas, Mexico last year. I met um, three amazing girls um, who just like brought me from having no friends to just being in such an amazing community. And Jesus really did a work in me from being just the party girl. Um, I had a sailor mouth. In high school, I dated a lot of boys to this girl who knew her worth and knew who she was in Jesus. Um, the real part of my testimony um, is probably the last year of my life. Um, I can confidently say that being a Christian is one of the biggest blessings in my life, but it's also difficult. It's hard to be a Christian sometimes because um, you're faced with the question of, like, who am I in Jesus? What's my identity? And you're constantly trying to um, figure out the dynamic between you and God. So last August, um, so about a year ago, um, I developed severe anxiety, um, just intense. There were days I couldn't get out of bed. I didn't really know why I was experiencing anxiety. There were some, some triggers that I thought were the reason for the anxiety, and uh, it relented. Uh, people prayed for me. It relented. Um, I cried out to God, still anxiety. I was waiting for my breakthrough. I'd watch sermons. I'd read books. I'd read self-help manuals to see, like, what am I doing wrong? Why is this anxiety still happening? Why am I always nervous? Why am I always asking questions like, what should I be doing right now? Why um, am I not happy? Um, I'd be nervous about tests. I'd be nervous about if people liked me. I'd be nervous about a boy. I'd be nervous about everything. I, I was so anxious. Um, I, can't, I couldn't focus. Um, and it was starting to wear down on my relationships and, and my relationship with God. It just, nothing was working. So the anxiety still relented um, through winter break and um, then quarantine hit. And that was probably the worst thing for me, <laughs> people with anyone with anxiety, and people who didn't even have anxiety had anxiety during quarantine. It's, it was depressing. I um, got to the darkest place I've ever 
been in my life. I, my dad, this is funny, my dad's not a Christian. He's, he's still kind of Catholic, doesn't really go to church, but he's my best friend. And um, I just told him one day, like, because um, he didn't know I was struggling with anxiety. And he was, like, working at his computer at our, like, kitchen table. And I just, like, came up to him with tears, and I never cried to my dad. And I was like, Dad, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm so anxious. Um, and at that point, when I started to step out and ask for help, um, that's when, like, the light started to come in. Um, it was really hard to tell my family what I was going through, and it was really hard to bring it up to friends and say, like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling, and I don't know what to do. I've prayed, and it hasn't worked. So then I decided to get into counseling. Um, so if any of you aren't familiar with counseling, you just talk with a person, just um, kind of work through all the thoughts in your head. And it's been super helpful. Um, I recently just changed to a Christian counselor. So I highly recommend a Christian counselor just because they're, they're able to take the dynamic of God and your life and kind of put it all together in one. Um, and so it's been super, super great. Um, the reason why I'm telling you all this is because, you know, I'm still struggling with anxiety even right now. I'm not at my moment where it's like, I beat anxiety and you can too. Like I am in my breakthrough. I am in the moments where it is hard. I struggle. Sometimes I don't want to read my Bible. Sometimes I don't want to go to church and I'm just here to tell you it is okay to struggle. It is okay to be a Christian and struggle. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together because I certainly do not. I, I don't know what the heck I'm doing half the time. I, I'm like, I don't know how I'm in a live leader. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. But I do know that Jesus is so good, and he's been chasing me this whole time. And there's been moments that I'm like, wow, he's still after me. Like, he's still after me, even though I've spent, like, a month, didn't open my Bible. He, he's insanely good. And even just this last week, like, a good positive ending to the testimony, um, we had a leaders meeting. And... I just, I was just in such an anxiety, like, not that Sunday. I just wanted to go home and do homework, and I, I didn't want to be there. Sorry, Clay. Um, but uh, they don't know that this happened. But anyways, we, Clay asked us at our leaders meeting, um, how's your soul doing today? And I was so scared to tell my table what was happening with me. I was terrified. I was like, I'm not telling these people that I'm struggling. These people will think I'm crazy. Um, but it was so funny, so it went to one person, the next person, and then the next person, and then Clay interrupted and said, okay, let's talk about it, and I didn't get to share. And I was like, yes! I was like, I didn't get to share. I like, didn't have to. Um, but God was like, I'm not done with you yet, sister. So at the end of our um, prayer meeting, we all got in a circle, and Clay just started praying over me um, in the circle and just praying away a lot of the things that I'm struggling with. Um, and then my girl Lacey, who you'll hear from, spent a lot of time praying over me. And I'm telling you guys, this is the best week I've had in eight, nine months. So, I mean, he's, he's working on me and he's still good. And I hope this encourages you one way or another. So thank you for listening. Power. One of the things that I love about Allie is that she's going to keep it real with you and let you know that she doesn't, you know, this is not a thing that just because you're a leader, you have it all together. 
just because you're a child of God doesn't mean in your dead to sin and alive in him and that you're free and you're righteous and you're holy and you're, you're a saint doesn't mean that you still struggle. I think that that's important to know. Don't, 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 don't come in here thinking that you're around perfect people because we're not. We're, 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 we're perfect people in his eyes, but we are growing and sanctifying. We're sanctification. We're, we're growing even more perfect in him. And it's a struggle sometimes. And so anxiety is real and depression is real and emotional toil is real. I, I can struggle with that personally. So if you need prayer about that, I want you to receive prayer before we leave. What happened to Allie, that meeting, I didn't even know that that was going on. I mean, that's amazing. Praise God, right? But when Allie got prayer, she encountered something for real that day. And it was in the encounter it was in the presence that she was able to get something out of it. It was in the presence she was able to gather that breakthrough and get the best week she said she's had in months. So don't leave today without getting prayer if you're struggling with that. But I don't want to I don't want to get prayer and admit to that. Well, you know what? That's pride. Get rid of that. That's what's going to stop you from getting that breakthrough, that pride. Why do I feel afraid? Well, perfect love casts out fear. But you step out, that fear is going to wash away. You're going to feel probably better than you ever had in months, maybe years. I got a next, uh, I got to call my next man up. This guy is a, is a sleeper. I call him a sleeper because we hardly hear from a man. And I can't wait to hear his story. And I'm sure it's going to bless you as well. So give it up for my man, Salem. Come on up, bro. What? No. Okay. Hi. <laughs> oh, this is too bright. I'm sorry. It's kind of bright. I don't like the limelight. No, I don't want to get in the light. It's, it's in my face. I'm sorry. Hi. Um, my name is Salem. And um, uh, I'll just do what she did. Um, little introduction. I am from Nigeria originally. Um, I came here last year to do a master's program in law. And um, I'm supposed to graduate in December. Can you hear me? Okay. Well, I just want to say thank you, Clay, for the opportunity. It's always an incredible privilege to stand in front of God's people. Um, <laughs> can I just say what a prayer? Okay. Dear Holy Spirit, I just um, thank you for this time and um, the presence. I just ask that you touch every life in this place tonight and that 
as they listen to me, they hear you speaking to them. That is not just my words that they hear. That through the testimony of what you've done in my life, you reveal something to someone in this place tonight. Amen. So, um, just about quarantine was about to start, um, just about when COVID hit and all that. Around that period, there was this song that I was always listening to because it just kind of just represented the entirety of my story, right? About the goodness of God. The song says, all my life you have been faithful and all my life you have been so good. And the reason why it kind of resonated with me was it just exemplified to me this fact that God has really been good to me all my life. That the goodness of God did not start in my life when I became a Christian or when I came to know the Lord as a person. Because I was born in church, right? I was, my, my parents were um, both Christians. My parents are both ministers. So I was born in church. God wasn't a stranger to me. But for the most part, I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's something that's, I don't know, because a lot of times you see people that, you know, especially, you know, pastor's kids, like, like you say, we are the ones that run the fathers from God. Because it seems like we've seen everything. And, and nothing hits you the way it would someone that, you know, never heard anything about God. So for me, there was nothing you said that I didn't heard before. So you're like, Jesus loves you. Okay, tell me something else. <laughs> You know, there was nothing new, right? It was just, you know, I and my siblings at the time would go to church just because they made us go to church. It was the last thing we wanted to do, you know. So we just did it as, so I really didn't know the Lord. For the, for the, I mean, I was going to church. I grew up in church. My parents thought we were Christians. You know, they thought we were doing well because, I mean, we kind of you know, figured out a way to pretend. So we knew how to say the right things and act the right way, and, but then it was something else entirely. But even in those times, God was faithful to me. And that was why that song was always resonating with me because it just, every single time, it just brought me to my knees because I'm literally standing here today because of the goodness of God. You know, so as a kid, as a, as a, as a, I think I was five years old one time and I had a terrible crash and I smashed my legs like the whole thing was gone and I was supposed to get amputated. You know, we had, everything was all, you know, there was a surgery that was supposed to go on. And they said nothing could be done, and they were going to cut up my legs. You know? And, I mean, I was five years old, so I wouldn't remember all these things. And all I know about it is what my mom would tell me. And I remember one time, after the whole thing, I was a little bit older. I think I was about seven or eight. And there was this guy in church at the time that had the exact same accident that I had. And his leg got cut off. And every single time, my mom would say, my mom would tell me, look, I don't know why God decided that he was going to save your legs. You know, every time you saw that guy. And I feel like it was like, it was like a landmark that, 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 that experience was like a landmark. Because down the road, when I was at the farthest from God, those were the experiences that kind of pulled me back. Because, I mean, 
you know, you go out, you get crazy, you do everything outside, but then you come back and you're in quiet time and you remember. You start to remember the things in your life that how God had come through for you. And it was just his way of, I, feel, I felt like God knew that at some point I was going to need that experience. I was going to need to remember that experience to come back to him. And so, like I said, growing up, so all I wanted to do was get out of the house, right? Grow up, run away, get out. And that was what I did. As soon as I got into college, that was it for me. Like, I stopped going to church. I mean, I just stopped. Like, anything that had to do with God, I didn't want to hear. I just, I'm done. Like, I just didn't want to do anything. God, I just wanted to just go. Just, I mean, I, you know. And for that whole year, for that whole year, the first year of my college, I just ran away. And, you know, my, because my parents were ministers at the time. And there were people in, in, at school that knew my parents were ministers. So they were kind of like spies. Yeah, because I mean, because I mean, I don't know, because every single time they come to me and say, look, you know, and then they'll, <laughs> they'll go tell my parents, he isn't going to church, he's not coming to church. We haven't seen him in like six months. My parents would call me and they're, oh, you know, but I didn't care. But I felt like the Bible says that he makes all things beautiful in this time, right? I felt like that time came when God said, you've had it. This is where you stop. And someone invited me to church. And this same person had been inviting me to church for the whole year. And every single time I was telling him I wasn't going to go. I'm not going. And for some reason, I remember, I remember that day like it was yesterday. I just, I mean, I was, because he was my um, colleague in school as well. I ran into him one time and he's like, oh, we have service today. And I'm like, not again, man. I mean, you don't just give up. Like, I mean, I've told you a thousand times, I'm not going to church. Leave me alone. But every single time you say, you know, you should come. And I was going to say no again. Like, it was just like that reaction, the first no. Church, no. It was like I was programmed to do that. So I was just going to say no. And I f I, I'm, I'm sure, and that is why I say I feel like that was the day God said, because for some reason, I just hesitated for a second. And I'm like, I mean, if we just get you to stop, I'll come. I shouldn't have done that. I mean, I've, I should, I, should yeah. <laughs> I mean, for, for, for the life that I wanted to live, I shouldn't have done that. But I'm grateful to God that I did. And I feel like that's the reason why I love a life. Because the first time I came into a life, it was as if the experience was the same. That, the first time I walked into that church back home in Nigeria, it was just, there was such a presence. You know, like, it was just, you just walk in there and something exactly like this, there's worship playing in the background and I just remember that day I was like, I mean, it wasn't anything, I, I didn't realize that anything had happened. I felt like God just snuck up on me, like, <laughs> honestly, like, because I felt like if you had been studying, I would have run away, like, no, I see you, no. But he kind of just snuck up on me, and I think that day, that service, he just deposited something, and he just left it, like a seed or something, just, and I did not know what had happened. But gradually, I feel like that seed started to grow. And as time went on, my heart started to heal. 
and I started to fall in love with the Lord. It wasn't a one-time thing. It wasn't a one-time thing. There wasn't any particular moment where I, where I could say that this is the moment, this is the exact moment where I gave my life to Jesus. Some people think that's wrong. You know, some people tell me, you should have a date, you should have a spiritual birthday. <laughs> and, and, and it bothers me. I mean, it used to bother me at the time because I, I know that I love the Lord and I know that I know that I know, but then there's no particular time. And they keep hounding me, like, when is your spiritual birthday? Oh, God. I'm just going to make something up. <laughs> you know, there wasn't any particular time. But that was how my life changed. And I, that was in 2011, and, okay, no, 2012. At least I remember the year, so. It's been the most amazing experience of my life. Like, without a doubt, without question, I, I'm nothing without him. I, I'm nothing. Like, <laughs> like, people say, give me Jesus. You know, take the word and give me Jesus. And I wish that it would be more than just a statement. Because I'm at a point in my life now where I can say, take the word and give me Jesus. Not because of anything, because people say, oh, take the word and give me Jesus because you're scared to die and go to hell. I mean, I've seen people that do that. I say, oh, take the word and give me Jesus. Just because I don't want to go to hell. But, I mean, if you take hell out of the equation, then you can give me the word and maybe give me Jesus or don't give me Jesus. I don't know. You know, but, but when you get to that point where you can say, with or without that threat, as it were, of eternal punishment or whatnot, you can say, just because I love him, right? Just because, just because there's a fire burning in my heart for the Lord, just because I'll be nothing without him, just because I don't want to live my life without this, this beautiful relationship that I have with Jesus or this beautiful relationship that I have with the Holy Spirit. Because I feel like the most profound gift that God did or that, that God gave to us as Christians is the possibility of a relationship. Right? And that's why, I mean, we serve a father. He's a father. He's a friend. Right? And, and, and that beauty, the beauty of that relationship for me is... is, is, is it's just, I don't know. That's my testimony. Yeah. I told you he's a sleeper. He's really a preacher. Got to get this guy up here again. Just like that dude was consistent in having you come to church, I'm going to be consistent in having you speak now. <laughs> oh, man. I'm partially joking, bro. It's all good. Partially. Um, That I, I, I was good. Wow, bro. Um, uh, I feel like the Lord is... Revealing his character on how he pursues you. But he's also revealing his character to everyone here that he's pursuing you. 
And, and, and for those of you that, if it is in your heart like that, then this is for you. I believe that some of us have to be pursuing our friends like his friend pursued him. Because we've got to be more like Jesus. What friends can you be asking about badgering about coming to church? What's the worst they're going to say? No? Shoot, he said no for a whole year. And look at him. God didn't give up on him. I've been saying no to God for like, shoot, almost 10 years. I didn't come to Christ until I was 30, but if it wasn't for people like he had in his life, badgering me, I don't know what been, I don't know what life would have been like. I mean, we need a community of the saints continuing to pursue other people. You know? So I think that that's for somebody. Last, but certainly not least, can I get Lacey, Lacey Edwards to come up here, girl? We're, we're going we're gonna to hear from Lace. Um, so, yeah, let's make it happen. Hi, guys. I am Lacey. Um, I'm going to be real with y'all. I am, like, major nervous right now because I've never shared my testimony, and it's, like, that deep. But I got to, like, sum it up in, like, what, 15 minutes? Or, like, lesser than that, 10 minutes? <sighs> Where do I start? Well, I can say where I start was I was never, I was raised up in church, but my mom and my dad didn't go to church. So I feel like I basically had to find God for myself. And I was raised up Baptist, completely different from like what I was used to now. And since I was younger, I always dealt, I felt like I, acknowledge that like my self-worth was a big part of my life but I didn't really know who I was and I felt like the family that I was around like it just felt like I was lost and it felt like I was lonely so at a young age I battled with self-worth in my body I battled with lies and I also battled with deep trauma that I just felt like I couldn't get rid of so fast forward to middle school and high school, um, and I'm just gonna state right here that it's so important for y'all to be around people that love y'all because I wasn't around people that love me. I was around people that pretended to love me that caused a lot of hurt and pain. So fast forward to middle school and high school, um, I was just hanging out with the wrong crowd. What you see right now was not how it was back then. Um, I felt like I needed to act a certain way. I felt like I needed to perform. I felt like I needed to fit in because I didn't really know like the worth that I had. I thought that I needed to be different. So I was uh, hanging around people that weren't really good for me, but that's kind of like all you know. Because when you're raised up a certain way, you're going to stick to what you know. You're going to stick to what feels comfortable for you. And those people felt comfortable for me. So I just started spending more and more time. And um, as time goes on and fast forward to college, that's when a partying started. That's when I started smoking. Um, 
and really getting into drugs. And I just completely lost myself in the party scene and I lost myself in men. So I, I felt like I was crying out to God. I knew that he was there, but how I was raised is God sees your sin, but you're not supposed to have a relationship with him. You just go to him when you did something that was wrong and repent. And going through college, I just felt like, like the lies wouldn't stop and the insecurity just got louder and louder. But like I said, I was still around those people, so it felt comfortable. And it felt safe to be around those people because if I really stood out and said, I don't wanna do this no more, I would have to face the doubt and I would have to face the shame that has built on for so many years. And um, my best friend is not here today, but um, she was raised up in church. We both went to the same college and I started to get closer to her. And then that's when it started, um, the curiosity of really getting to know God just kind of clouded my mind and I just wanted to know him for myself, like truly know him for myself. So uh, we just started talking about it, but mind you, we were both partying together. We were both going out, kicking it. And, um, and it was fun, I ain't gonna lie, cause sometimes it'd be fun, but you gotta snap yourself back, okay? <laughs> but we were partying and we were going out and kicking it, but it was just something that I told her, I don't, I don't wanna do this no more. I don't, I don't wanna go out to the club because every time I go out, I know that I'm not supposed to be there. I know that I'm not supposed to be there because I feel out of place every single time. And um, it just got to a place where I, I, I was crying out to God, but I didn't know how to end those cycles. Because when you're in cycles, you don't know how to get out of it. But the crazy part about it is we're led by the spirit and not by our might. And I, I just have to tell God, God, I lay everything out to you. Because if I keep continuing, God, I, I might not make it till tomorrow. Because I felt like that. I felt like I just wanted to leave this world. Because that's how much I was in shame after shame and just... I had lost myself that deeply. So um, fast forward into uh, getting connected with the vineyard. I had never been to the vineyard. When I came, I was like, I don't know if I wanna do this. This ain't, this is something different, I don't know. But my friend encouraged me, let's just go to church. And I was like, okay, well, we just gonna do it. And um, I came to the vineyard and um, by the end of the service, she said, you should go up there and get prayer. I said, what? Because that's just not what we're going to do. But <laughs> I went up and I got prayer. And I swear, like that day that I got prayer, it God was real to me, but he seemed more realer than I could ever expect. But actually letting me know that he was there in every situation I've been in. And it was so prophetic, and I never felt that type of love that I felt for the Father the first time I came to the vineyard. And I've never felt that way in a way of knowing that I can actually have a relationship with him than I came. So after that, I just still was struggling with my self-worth. 
I was still struggling. I felt like, God, I can't really give you my heart because of the trauma that I've been through. I can't really lay down that side of me because I feel like, were you really good in that moment? Because it's hard when you go through things and then you feel like, okay, God, are you good? Why did I go through that? Why did you allow that pain to overtake me? And now I feel like I have to work just as hard to be closer to you. And that's where I came to is feeling like, God, I want, I want you to have my heart, but God, I don't know how to give it to you. And, you know, going into a live and just where I stand right now, I've been with a live for like almost six years. And I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. Something about community I ain't never felt before until I got here to this place. And I'm 26 years old. And, and just like the level of love that, that has come my way, even with a lot I've never experienced in my whole life. And I felt a, a deep sense of I belong, but yet I was still battling with, do I really, do I really belong? Or are people pretending? Because that's what I felt like my life was that people come in my life and they pretend and then they leave. But something that God's been showing me even in the season is even when people choose to leave your life, he will never leave. And he will always place people in your life to show you that you are loved. And it's not an easy journey. So I just want y'all to know it's hard. And I really want y'all to get the fact that it's a process. Because sometimes we want to get to the highest moments just to show people I'm okay. I'm good. I'm fine. But when we're at our lowest moments, we want to retreat and hide like I did. And God's still bringing me through. But the good thing about it is that God is just not the comforter for no reason. He's the comforter even when it's hard and even when you're hurting. And even when you have to walk through battles, feeling like I'm alone, God is the comforter in that. So what my heart is saying just to all of y'all is, and I really want to speak for the women. I feel like there's some women out here that are in, um, I feel, uh, social friendships, and you still feel alone. I just want to let you know that you're not alone and that God loves you and that God sees you. And I also feel like there's a call for you to step out on faith and be vulnerable with your friends. Because what is community if we're not vulnerable with each other? So I just want to speak to y'all right quick and know that y'all are worth having friendships where you are sitting down with women that love you as well, even when it's hard. But to sum it up, you know, this was my testimony. This was a part of my life that I didn't really want to show people because it still held shame. But today, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like, I got freedom, and that's real. So, yeah. See what I'm talking about. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was so good. 
There's freedom in this place tonight. There is freedom in this place. Trauma, friendships, social circles, pretending to be someone you're not. I pray that this place alive, I bless what that I bless that testimony because it just basically testifies that this ministry is a place where you can be truly yourself and have community. And I, and I pray that that remain the case. So if you are looking for a community, I pray that you can find it. We're, we're, we're going to definitely keep our doors open to any body and everyone who wants to come and try community out here. But if it's not the place, that's totally okay. We bless you to find somewhere. But the key is, is that find a community you can be real with. You can be transparent with. You can keep it a buck with. I mean, like that's where we need to, to be, I, I believe. Allie, can you go, can you go station over there by that exit door for me? Um, Salem, can you go station like over there by the wall? And, um, and Lace, if you can station back there by the Kleenex table over there for me. Um, when you get a chance, it seems like you're already doing ministry. That's what's up. Wow. God, it's so good. Everybody stand up. Ben, if you want to, we're going to step into a time of worship. Um, it's what I feel like Holy Spirit's saying. Uh, leaders, can you guys kind of spread out in the back? If you want prayer, if you want, if you want ministry, if you want to, to talk to somebody about something that is on your heart, or you resonate with Ali's story, you resonate with Salem's story, you resonate with Lacey's story, Lacey's story. I want you to feel free to go to them right now if you want. But we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna pray, and I'm gonna have Ben pretty much just kind of fly solo right now and just worship. We're just gonna worship. Um, but I believe that the moment is too pregnant for breakthrough right now for us to just just to go so holy spirit come praying father for your presence your presence is nothing but your raw unadulterated your 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 simple presence lord unfiltered unhinged unplugged lord presence i pray that we can we can tap into that pray, Father, that you come fully, you remind the people what you want to do, how you want to minister, out of all the stories we've heard, where, where Ali's talked about anxiety and breaking free from anxiety by, by encountering you, how Salem has, has, has a story about running, running, and being fake and phony and, 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 and trying to hide and but yet coming back into your fold, Lord God, because of, of a relentless pursuit, Lord, because your relentless, reckless love, Lord. I pray that, I think that some people are on the run right now. They're trying to run right now. 
but they, they, they've, been, they've just been accosted and arrested by your grace. And it's real. I pray, Father, that even if Lacey's story resonated with them right now, just how, how, how Lacey's story took them on a whole nother journey, on a, on a hey, I, I need friends, I need a community, I need, I need to be real with people right now because I'm hurting. I'm hurting right now. It is hard right now and I have nobody to talk to to keep it real with, to keep it 100 with. And if that is you, I pray that we can find some type of, of solace tonight if we really want to press into to his relationship. So Holy Spirit, come. Let's worship and as we worship, if you want to go speak, go off and talk to some people and get ministry, let's do that. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we pray that this has helped stir and awaken you to live alive to God like never before. If you want to connect with us, let's go. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Alive Vineyard College.